Next up on WealthWorks Radio, remember when you were a kid and your grandparents would send you that little money for your birthday? Well, now it may be your turn to write the grandma check. So the concept is simple, but the art of the grandma check can be tricky. Stay tuned. And now, WealthWorks Radio. Tax reduction, holistic planning, South Florida's wealth, financial, and income coach, Eric Kearney. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Wealth Works Radio with Eric Kearney. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric is a fiduciary. Uh, he is an author. He's president of Retirement Wealth um, and so much more. So, uh, hey, Eric, what's going on? Hey, hey, Steve. How are you? Very, very well, thanks. Well, this is kind of fun, uh, and and again, we sort of went a different direction with the uh, with, with this segment, talking about the grandma check, and and I was talking with a couple people about this, and and everybody remembers that, right? When you, oh yeah, when you I got mean, the it, check. It was so much fun because I mean, when you're a kid, you just feel broke. You oh know? yeah. So uh, yeah, getting that little envelope from grandma, grandpa, that was a great thing. Oh sure. Sometimes it was cash. Sometimes it was a check. You know, and and uh, but I, I mean, the grandparents as a whole, according to AARP, ninety-five percent of grandparents give their grandkids, you know, holiday gifts, Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, all of that, and that can be a little tricky, especially if you're on a fixed income. Yeah. So this is kind of one of the things that we've seen is it's not just grandparents; it's also parents. And so a lot of times grandparents, you know, the, the very first thing that we have to take care of in retirement is you. And there's a lot of times where we want to take care of our grandchildren. There's a lot of people who say we love our grandkids more than we do our own kids. So um, there's a lot of times where we have to factor this into the financial plan. But the biggest thing is, is that I want to make sure that you're going to be okay in your retirement first. And so there's a lot of times where people are kind of sacrificing their own retirement for their grandkids. Right. And so these are things that we kind of have to bring up when we're doing that financial plan, because again, this could be detrimental to their very long long retirement. So Eric, is, is that kind of something we can put into a, a, an income plan or a retirement plan to say, okay, this much, this much every year I'm going to, I'm going to give to the kids. A hundred percent. Yeah. It can go into the gifting column and it shows you, you know, whether that will be sustainable or not sustainable. And so there's a lot of times again, where people will say, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of my family and that's okay. But how do we plan for that? And so again, this is where financial planning really drills down to the very details of your actual financial plan because when that money leaves either your investments or the bank account or your pension or however you're paid on a monthly basis how and where are these funds actually dispersed because like i said if we understand you know what you how much your your uh uh, bills are on a monthly basis, which is what one of the very first things that we take a look at. If you include this inside of that, we understand how much you spend on a monthly basis. Then we go back and we kind of back test and, and kind of reverse engineer that whole financial plan. So it's really critical that we understand this because there's a lot of times people will come into us at the end of the year and they're like, well, we spent about $7,000 more. And I'm like, well, where? And they're like, oh, we don't know, but you know, it probably won't be the same next year. But what I want to do is I want to go back in and see where that $7,000 went, because is that going to be a reoccurring uh, theme? And so a lot of times, you know, maybe they spent a little bit more because family came in. But if you expect the family to come in the following year, maybe we have to adjust the financial plan. And again, the, you know, as you start to put that together and, and sort of map out all of the money you're going to send to the grandkids, I mean, that could be as little as, you know, $5 on Valentine's Day or, you know, $100 at Christmas. Yeah, and it depends. You know, like I said, all the holidays and birthdays and everything add up. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go from having one grandchild up to four grandchildren, and that adds up as well. Oh, tell and me about lot it. Of... I got seven. Seven. <laughs> Seven grandkids. Yeah. Yes. So you know how quickly that adds up, Steve, yes, right? Yes, I do very much. And you got a plan for it. That's the thing. It doesn't just happen. Yeah, that's for sure. It was really funny, too, because my mom was always a gift giver, and my father was always a cash giver. He's like, oh, it's your birthday tomorrow? Here's 50 bucks. You know, like, I mean, it was just pretty funny. That was, right. like, how my dad took care of things. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it does get to be expensive. And, and the other thing is, is, like, again, with travel, when you want to bring the kids in or you want to uh, rent a vacation home or things like that, you really do have to factor that in because, I mean, that does add up after a while. 
And and again, so as we start to do go through all of these things, uh, I mean, how important is it? To, you know, we talk about the etiquette issues of of that, and um, how important is it for uh, the grandparents to communicate with their kids to say, okay, I'm going to give the grandkids some money. Well, I, I think it's really important, but unfortunately. Unfortunately, there's not really a lot of communication there. And there's the other thing that we've seen too is where the grandparents are kind of giving a little bit more than they really should be because they're kind of sacrificing their own retirement. So there's a lot of times where we don't want to admit that it's very difficult for us to give someone five or $10,000 when they're asking for that. And so we just want to be able to give that to them. But there's sometimes where, you know, again, we've got to go back to our own longevity and we still take on clients who are still in deep retirement, who still need accumulation. And so again, you've got to be very careful that you understand where that money's going to. Again, the, the first thing is self-preservation always. I mean, you've got to be able to take care of yourself in order to be able to help other people. And um, so again, factoring in all of these things and communication is really key because like I said, there's a lot of younger people who just assume that older people have a lot of money, and that's not always the case. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm well aware of that. <laughs> I got a I, I got a a text from one of my granddaughters who was turning 14, um, and she goes, "Well, I'm sorry, I haven't been very very good about uh, about giving you birthday ideas, but I did find something, and it's not cheap." <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a great text to get. Yeah, of course. That's like, all right, Mallory, go ahead. <laughs> and it was, I think it was like an $85 pair of shorts or something, you know? Oh, geez. <laughs> right. That's yeah. just going to like, you know, outgrow in another year. Well, probably so. Right. You know, but guess who stepped up? Yep. That, but that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, you get those kinds of texts or you get that sort of stuff from the grandkids and all you want to do is just help them. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, you know, our emotions take over and we do want to be helpful to our family. And, and that that's the hard part. And that's where I have to actually step in and have that conversation with some people. And, and, and at first, it's not an easy conversation to have, but we have to be realistic as well. So, um, you know, there was a couple... Uh, that we were working with and I said, you know, what's this five thousand dollars that goes out every year? And they said, Oh, that's my that's my son's ex-girlfriend and we still help her out. And I was like, well, are there children involved? No, we just feel bad for her. And so like I was like, okay, either you're gonna call her and tell her that she's done and off the dole another month, or I will, which is it gonna be? <laughs> and they're like, You would do that? I'm like, Yeah, I have no problems doing that. So you know, every time they sent this girl money, she would take it. She's just well, like, Yeah, sure. you know what? Why not? Yeah. Right. But I was like, no, there, there's no family. There's no children involved. They just broke up. And just because you feel bad for her, you can't just like send her money. Like that's that's just not how this works. And so, um, yeah, we, we broke it off. And uh, so they've been saving quite a bit of money ever <laughs> Did since. Did you make that call? I, I didn't have to. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but I was I, I, I had no problems making that sure. at all. I mean, and I'm not saying shame on her because I really don't know her situation or yeah. everything. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, they broke up things happen, move on. And, uh, you know, but like I said, I mean, there, there are, I mean, you give out money and people are going to take it. So like I said, I, I don't want to say that they were being taken advantage of, but, um, I just don't think that they knew enough to really break it off and they just felt bad, but right. I mean, they don't feel bad anymore. So that's good. That's exactly. You said something a minute ago, uh, you know, about our desire to help other people. And I think, you know, and, and I'm going to I'm going to lean on women a little bit here because they're the nurturers, the caregivers. Um, they always are helping other people before themselves. But 100%. that's but that attitude or, or, or that that mindset needs to shift a little bit as we get into retirement, doesn't it? Right. So, I mean, we talk about women in retirement, how different that truly is than a couple retiring. And a lot of times, again, because women are of nurturing and caring nature, you know, they're behind on their savings, they're behind in their social security, just because when they took, when they, if they had children early on in their life, that affected their career. They entered into the working world a little bit later, and then more than likely exited because they're taking care of someone again. Sure. So again, they make more nurturing and 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 caring uh, choices that actually affect them financially and the, the same goes where they just want to take care of their kids no matter what and i get that but again it comes back to self-preservation so what about taking an opportunity to teach the kids something i know you said you did something for your nephews that i thought was pretty cool and, I, and i've picked up on that idea 
Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of times where instead of money, you know, teach them a lifelong lesson. Cooking is one of them. I mean, that that's one of the greatest lessons that you can teach them. And you know what? They never forget that. Um, I take my nephews hiking quite often, and it, it's something that doesn't cost you anything, and you really get them out there. I mean, they're they're going out there, and you're just having good conversations. The other thing that I did with them was I opened up a brokerage account for them, and I said, every time that you guys make a contribution, I'm going to match that. And so what we did was we end up going through, and we, we end up buying different stocks, and they, they look at the dividend and everything. But it's something that we can do together, but it's also teaching them that they have to to, you know, be involved with their finances a little bit too. So at a younger age, you're getting them involved and they actually have a very strong interest in that. Well, sure. I mean, if, especially if it's a stock that, uh, that, you know, they're something that they're interested in, whether it be a Disney or, 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 you know, whatever it might, video game company, whatever it might be. Right. And, and that's kind of the funny thing, too, is, you know, because Warren Buffett always says, buy what you use. And so I, I told them that and, and kind of explained that. And they get that. They're like, that totally makes sense. So there's a lot of times, again, where people are taking a look at, you know, their children and they just want to give them money. But the other thing is, is that you can pretty much further educate them. And there's a lot of times where a client will say, look, I don't have the wherewithal to do that, but you know, do you mind having a five or 10 or 15 minute conversation with you know, my niece or nephew or grandchild and see if you can set them up? And I'm like, I have no problems doing that. So there's a lot of times where again, you know, we have some good conversations and sometimes you know, they'll open up a Roth IRA or do something and it just kind of gets them in their, you know, pointed in their own financial direction. Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, this would be a great opportunity, Eric, to why don't we open up the lines and invite folks to call come on in have that conversation you can even have the conversation about the grandma check if you wanted to for sure so i mean if you've never had a second opinion or you're looking for a financial plan that you've never had done give us a call today we're going to take the next five callers who have saved at least five hundred thousand dollars for retirement and what this will consist of is simply running the reports the fee report the morningstar reports the volatility analysis, maybe even a tax analysis. Let's see how that portfolio looks. Let's get you reacquainted with your portfolio. And again, without any obligation, if you're interested in your very own income plan, we'll show you proven strategies and techniques to turbocharge your retirement income. In short, we're going to get you reacquainted with your portfolio. So give us a call today, 1-800-779-1942. 800-779-1942. You heard, Eric. The next five calls get that comprehensive financial review and all the extras that go along with it. And you find out where you are today. But more importantly, you'll end up with that roadmap that we talk about that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-779-1942. Again, 800-779-1942. Sometimes preparing for retirement isn't all about the money. When we come back, we've got some tips that could help you keep your hard-earned dollars in the family even after you're gone. on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sadal. Eric is a fiduciary and independent. Uh, uh, retirement wealth is where you are. And uh, ericcarneyadvisor.com is the uh, website. Great website, by the way. That's E-R-I-C-K-E-A-R-N-E-Y advisor.com. So this is, a, again, sort of a departure of uh, our, our you know regular talking. I mean, we're talking about retirement, but this is uh, this is a little bit on um, estate planning, right? The the those kinds of decisions that have to be made. I think so. And the the interesting thing is that when people get their financial plan done by us, um, when they sit down with Donna, they're actually getting all of these, and they're like, "Oh, my broker, my advisor, my planner, whoever they call their advisor." has never showed us this. And so the thing is, is that what Donna is going through is, do you have a durable power of attorney? Do you have a last will and testament? Do you have all of these things that we're listing? These are the very basic things that people have to have or should have and really don't. And so financial planning, again, there's so many moving parts to this. There's you know, income planning. How are you gonna get income for life? There's money management. How are you actually going to have that portfolio managed? Is somebody capable of handling your needs? Are they reaching out to you? Are they actually communicating with you on a regular basis? More importantly, are they also looking ahead 
and saying, look, are you protected in case something happens? So all of these things that we're going to go through, Steve, are things that your advisor should be proactively bringing up to you. Do you have these things in place? Because a lot of times it's too late when these things happen, when, when something happens and you don't have these in place. Sure. And these are the things that we have to really be proactive about. So again, there are a lot of moving parts. And I will say this, the common denominator of this year is how many people are realizing that their advisor has completely dropped the ball. And they're, they're realizing maybe this advisor really isn't the advisor that I thought they were. And a good case in point is this past March, when the markets were actually at a all-time low, did your advisor contact you? Were they proactive with you? Did they implement tax loss harvesting or no? Because there's a lot of times where people actually had a huge opportunity this past March and really got no communication from their advisor, received nothing from them. And so they're kind of like at this point when they're coming in and we're going back through what we did in March, they're like, my advisor never did that. Last March, this past March was one of the greatest resets that we've seen in a long time, especially for non-qualified or non-IRA accounts where cost basis is a huge factor. And these advisors dropped the ball and they missed a massive opportunity, especially coming up to a possible Biden administration where they are looking to raise capital gains. That is an easy tax grab for them. And so again, you know, I, I kind of got off track here a little bit, but the point is, is that you've got to, you've got to make sure that you you have an advisor that's paying attention to a lot of different moving parts. And this year, especially people are seeing that a lot of these advisors have completely dropped the ball and kind of left the client in the corner, not in really a, a great position. So I'm very proud to say that what we're talking about today is already been brought up to all of our planning clients because we have to kind of forecast their needs when they don't understand what to look out for. And like you said, it's it, after the fact is, is obviously too late. And you talked about a durable power of attorney. In a nutshell, what is that and why is it important? So in the event that you become incapacitated or become incapable of making financial decisions, a durable POA will allow someone that you trust to sign documents and manage your affairs. So essentially, it's speaking for you when you're no longer able to speak for yourself. Okay. And, and the reason that this is important is because if you have, if your net worth is high, and then all of a sudden you don't have this, it's kind of willy nilly what happens. But instead, again, just like when you're trying to take care of your family, your friends, your charities, and maybe even your spouse, the durable of a tower, the durable power of attorney does the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it, again, it's speaking for you when you're no longer able to speak for yourself. So, Very critical. Well, so how does that differ from a, a, a will? I mean, it seems everybody has a will and then sometimes I think people believe that's all they need. But that's right. not so, the case. Correct. So most people know what a will is, but only uh, not very many people actually have one. Um, it's still difficult to com or, uh, contemplate your own mortality. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that the durable power of attorney is with you when you're still alive. Okay. But you're just incapacitated. And I talk about my poor client who had onset Alzheimer's very quickly in his very early seventies. It is not the retirement that they anticipated, but unfortunately it's the one that they were dealt. And so the, the husband is now pretty much incapacitated, but all of his, um, all of his income and his pension and everything still live on to take care of his spouse. So the last will and testament doesn't really do him any good at this point because he's still alive, sure. even though he's incapacitated to make any decisions. I get it. And uh, so then I'm going to jump here and, and go to the health care po uh, power of attorney uh, mm. and advanced directives. That one is really critical, too. I mean, that one's critical today for anybody, pretty much no matter what their age. Right. So the importance of this is that a lot of people don't understand how difficult it can be. And a lot of times we don't expect to get sick. And so a lot of times we kind of put this off for a little while and all of a sudden it can come out of nowhere. 
And so with the healthcare, this is something that Donna puts in every everyone's financial plan. And the importance of health-related documents, even if you fill them out once and never look at them again, cannot be understated. A healthcare uh, POA is in place for a designated representative to be able to communicate your wishes to medical pro uh, professionals if you're unable to. And I'm going to give you another case in point. I had a client that went through a horrible ke uh, chemotherapy three times. And after the third time, he said to his daughters, I'm done. I can't go through that anymore. Well, they couldn't stand the thought of that. And what he did was his healthcare power of attorney listed, I do not want to be um, you know, brought back to life in, in yep. any way, shape or form. Like if I, if I'm going to pass away, I just want to pass away. And, and that's what the power of attorney said. So there's nothing that anyone else could say. He just couldn't go through that therapy again. And so when he finally passed away, that's how it was. And his daughters did appreciate that he wrote that in there because that was his wishes and they wanted to up, uphold those. And so a lot of times we don't want to do these because we don't want to think that we're going to pass away or we're going to get sick. But this year with the coronavirus, a lot of people understand how difficult it's been to have lost a loved one that you couldn't go see in the hospital. A lot of people aren't able to go to the nursing homes and see their parents, but it's terrible because a lot of older people are being kind of... Um, uh, neglected a little bit with a social life because of the coronavirus. But the thing is, is that with the healthcare POAs, these are things that need to be done way in advance before any virus or before anything else happens. So that again, we're proactive with this stuff. So in your financial plan, we're bringing all this up. And again, you may sign that POA and never look at it ever again, but when you need it, it's at least done and it's there. Absolutely. So take it. I mean, if you do nothing else, just make that happen, folks. Right. Um, and then a completed transfer on death or payable on death designation. I mean, what is that? And well, I mean, and, and why is that important? Well, this is important, too, because, I mean, if you have bank accounts or you have non uh, non IRA accounts, whether it's an individual brokerage account or a joint brokerage account, you want to make sure that you have a transfer on death. What you're trying to do is you're trying to make the transition as smooth as possible. And there's a lot of people where, um, you know, they don't have their beneficiaries in a row and it's kind of sloppy. And I hate to say this, but there comes, there is an old saying, grief and then greed. And the problem is, is that people come out of the woodwork because old un Uncle Charlie had a lot of money. And oh, by the way, I was his very best nephew. And, <laughs> you know, I'll think to myself, that's funny. I've never even heard of you. <laughs> so, I mean, we've seen everything when somebody passes away. So what, what we're trying to do is, again, through the financial plan, through the estate plan, we're trying to put everything in order so that again, when, when something happens and something will happen, we're either gonna get sick or we're gonna become incapacitated or we're simply going to pass on. Um, the thing is, is that we want that all that transition to be as smooth as possible. We want all of our assets to go to who we want designated as smoothly as possible, and there's no glitch involved at all. And make sure your beneficiaries are up to date. I mean, we joke about that, but boy, that can be a problem. It can be a problem because, you know, uh, the modern family, you know, the modern family is where, you know, people get remarried two, three, four, five times, whatever it may be. You also have different children from different marriages. And so, again, the modern family is considerably different than it was, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. And so the thing is, is that there's still a lot of people who still have old um, ex-wives on listed at, on an IRA because they just never thought to change that. Sure. Well, I hate to tell you this, but the old IRA will supersede what you say in a will. And so the, the bottom line is that when we go through every single account, we're updating those on a regular basis and making sure that they're up to date. Because again, we still have a client that has been working with another advisor for you know maybe 15 years or so. When they switch over to us, we realize that sometimes their beneficiaries are, are a little off. So we have to get that correct. Well, folks, if you'd like to make sure your uh, your you know this whole all these documents are in order, now would be a good time to give Eric a call and get on the calendar and have that conversation. Yeah, Steve, if you're out there listening and you're interested in a second opinion, there's a little bit of reasonable doubt with your current advisor, or you're looking to have that financial plan written, give us a call today. We're going to run that financial plan for you. 
If you're serious about your finances, this is a great opportunity. We're gonna run all the reports for you. The fee report, the Morningstar reports, a tax analysis, maybe even a volatility analysis. Let's see where it takes you. Let's see where that plan leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your portfolio and again, without any obligation. If you're interested in your very own income plan, we'll show you proven strategies and techniques to turbocharge your retirement income. In short, we're gonna get you reacquainted with that portfolio. So again, give us a call today, 1-800-779-1942. 800-779-1942, you heard Eric, the next five callers are gonna get that comprehensive financial review. You see where you are today, but most importantly, you'll walk out with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be and where you wanna be when it comes to retirement. 800-779-1942, again, 800 779 one nine four two coming up on WealthWorks Radio. We normally don't encourage procrastination, but in this case, putting off retirement for even a year can potentially get you huge positive dividends. Don't go anywhere. Back on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric, is uh, you're, you've been in this business a good long while. you put together a great team of folks at Retirement Wealth. And uh, you offer, I, I love that you offer this concierge service. I mean, that not every advisor does that, certainly. No, and they are busy this year, too. So the concierge service was kind of enacted because the thing was, I realized that if you don't put out a small fire, it turns into a dumpster fire. And so the biggest thing is, is that the concierge service nips things in the bud. And that was what we were very clear about when we created that position. And so the concierge service, when a client calls in, what's happening is, is that when there is a little bit of an issue, um, no matter what it is, um, what happens is we nip it in the bud and then all of a sudden we call back the client at the end of the day and we're just like, okay, here's what happened. We took care of this, this, and this. Is there anything else that we can do for you? And the client's like, no. The, the reason that we do that is, is because we, we realized that we took care of something very quickly before it even became an issue. So like I said, again, with financial planning, there's a lot of moving parts. There's somebody that will call up and say, hey, you know, I had a, a $2,000 distribution, monthly distribution. Now I need it to be 2300 So we immediately fix that right away. And then we call back the client. Look, we made this change and there you go. And the thing is, is that I think that the, the clients really feel like someone's listening to them. They really feel like they have a place to go. And so, again, if they have a financial planning question, they call Donna. She heads up the whole financial planning team. If they have a wealth management or a portfolio question, they're contacting me. If they have a service question, they're contacting Autumn. And, you know, by the way, I have so many people in the back office that I'm working with. Donna has plenty of people working with her in the back office. And then Autumn has, you know, well over 100 people that, that work with her in the back office. So, I mean, the thing is, is that it just depends on what you need. But again, this is, this is what people want is they want service. And this is what they're lacking, I think, for these, you know, this, this past year. Well, I, I completely agree, Eric. And, and to be able to, to know that you are fully taken care of is such a relief for people. And, and you tell me that all the time. And, and I certainly understand why. I appreciate that, Steve. And I'll tell you, I go, I go home at night and I feel satisfied. I really feel good that we had a good day at work. I feel that, you know, we made a lot of headway with our clients. And so that is the one thing that gets me up every single day. I, I just want our clients to win, you know, like, I mean, I just, I just want to give them the retirement that they want, the retirement that they deserve. I want to give them the service that they deserve. Sure. I want to give them, you know, what, what they're craving. And, and that's why, again, We've had one of the busiest years ever this year by far. And like I said, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And I also see I'm also expecting 21 to be just as busy, if not busier. So we're planning for this because, again, you still have to take care of the client that you've had since day one and also the client that you took on yesterday. So the bottom line is, is that you still want to feel like everyone's getting serviced. You're still reaching out to everyone. 
And like I said, um, we're, we're coming out with bigger and better strategies all the time too. So I think that we really are becoming a very strategic planning company. And this is what a lot of people are lacking from their, their current advisor. So going into this, we talked about, or you talked about uh, a reason to procrastinate and put off retirement for even a year. And, right. and you've said that in the past, it really can be the difference between the kind of retirement you always dreamed about or the kind of retirement you really don't want. Yeah, because there's some people that say, well, Eric, I'm I'm coming in to see you because I'm tired of working. Well, I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, we all I understand are, but that, you know, yeah. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hear that all the time, but, you know, but does that mean that you're actually ready for it financially? I mean, I know emotionally and physically you might be ready, but, you know, monetarily, are you ready? Yeah. And there's a lot of times where people are leaving a very good financial situation. And, you know, like I said, it may behoove you to work 12 more months months and also get your ducks in a row. You know, the sad thing about this is, is that there's a lot of advisors out there who are not preparing their clients for retirement. You know, they're not doing any planning. They're not doing any budgeting. They're not seeing how much their lifestyle costs. They're not looking at any big expenses that are coming down the road. And those are things that come out of left field and can absolutely crush you if you're not prepared for that. So these are the things that we have to really take a look at. And I will tell you this, it really does take five years to prepare you for a proper retirement. There's a lot of tax planning that you can implement. There's asset allocation work. You've got to prepare for taxes. There's a lot of different things that you need to do, and it does take time. Absolutely. And, you know, the, I, I can understand where someone is, okay, I want to be done. I need to walk away. And they do. And then, you know, well, I think I want to go back to work, but you're not going to be able to go back to doing what you were doing probably. No. And you may not and make as much money. That's right. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of people who are at the very top of their game who are making very good money. So, you know, you're not just going to be able to leave that position and then walk into something else. And uh, the, the one thing that I've seen is a lot of my higher end engineers and consultants end up going back and doing some private consulting work and they actually do pretty well. But that is a gamble because, you know, we've had clients in the past who have made a small fortune at first and then everything dried up and they're like, well, I expected that to last longer. And so, again, you got to you kind of have to be autonomous where you're able to retire on your own money without that extra money knowing if it's going to be there or not. Sure. And so that's really what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to prepare you with the money that you have, preparing you for the lifestyle that you want and actually seeing if they match up. And again, as we start to look at the retirement plan, not necessarily always financially, but, you know, there are other reasons. And, and you, uh, you know, I think for some folks, well, I need to be 59 and a half. I want to go over that because I want to be able to withdraw from my, my IRA or 401k, or I want to be 62. I want to be eligible for Social Security. I mean, those are all legitimate reasons, I guess. But again, you have to work out the whole big picture and, and the various scenarios. Yeah, and that that's kind of the whole thing. I mean, people are making... Uh, quite frankly, ridiculous decisions without putting them in a financial plan. And there's a lot of times where people try to run their own financial plan. I hate to tell you this, but our financial planning software has so many moving parts to it. And for every action, there's a reaction. So, you know, when you change the rate of inflation, it changes all the numbers throughout your financial plan. And when somebody tries to write their own financial plan on a spreadsheet, I hate to tell you this, but the majority of the time it has major issues. And the reason that I say that is because I have two incredibly talented and very educated and incredibly smart engineers that work for Lockheed Martin in Texas. And I've been working with this couple for a very long time. And he even said to me, Eric, I'm going to put my financial plan up against yours, right? I mean, some people come to us because they're like, hey, I don't have the time. I want you to do all the heavy lifting. Right. No, not this guy. He's like, no, I'm going to compare mine to you, right? Okay. And I, and I said to him jokingly, I'm like, please tell me you've got something better to do than to write a financial plan when I'm going to do it for you for free, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so how it did turn, it compare? It, it turned out terrible. I mean, his, his plan <laughs> turned out terrible. Yeah, I mean, absolutely wrong. I mean, he was way off with his assumptions. Um, he was way off with inflation. Uh, he was way off with healthcare. I mean, healthcare absolutely blew him away. And the thing was, is that uh, he had a very open mind. He's like, wow, I didn't really expect that with healthcare, but you're right. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to be accurate. 
So like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm human, I make mistakes and I get that. So I'm not trying to be correct, but I'm just, I'm just trying to show you that again. Um, and I said this before, but for every action, there's a reaction. So when you change one or two things in the plan, it's going to affect other things down the road. The other thing is that a lot of people have a problem with when it comes to planning is we're just trying to get through the next week or the next month or the next three months at the most. A financial plan and myself, I'm already into 2021. My mind has already kissed 2020 goodbye. And I know a lot of you out there are thinking, yeah, I wish I could kiss 2020 <laughs> yeah, goodbye, <me> right? <laughs> I have. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. But I'm already in January 1st of 2021. And I'll tell everybody else out there who's still in 2020, it's looking pretty good. You're going to be happy when January 1st gets here. I like but, the sound of that. We have to be able to plan again. So like we're already looking at asset allocation for 2021. We're already looking at investments. We're already taking a look at tax situations and things like that. Again, we have to be able to forecast. And the problem with his plan was it was still, it still felt like it was stuck in the first year because all he wanted to do was trying to get through that first year. But unfortunately planning, you really have to look ahead and figure out, okay, the small things that I do now are going to be really big deals down the road, and we have to think about that. And so really just putting together this plan, and, and we talked about procrastinating even for a year. How often do you have to say to someone, well, hey, we can, we can put a plan together, but boy, if you just stuck with it for another year, it would be a huge deal. A lot of times. I mean, like I said, we're, sometimes Donna will write a financial plan. She'll say, here's what it looks like if you work one more year, two more years, and then three more years. And so the financial plan is giving you options. We're not telling you what to do, but we're showing you different options. And so the, the financial planning software actually lives online. So all of our clients have access to their financial plan. So after the financial plan is written, they're able to go online and say, you know what? I know they talked about me working another year or two years. What if I worked 18 months? And you can actually pop that in there yourself and it will actually, you can actually see how it changes your financial plan. It's not gonna mess up the master plan that we have, but you actually have like a play zone in there where you can actually go in. What if I wanted to buy a new car? What if I wanted to leave some money to the grandkids? There's a lot of different things that you can do and then you can come back to our planning department and say, hey, I had a couple ideas that I wanna run by you. Is this sustainable? So it's pretty cool when people have the ability to do that because again, they're taking a look at more of their financial plan, making sure that it is actually giving them the lifestyle that they want. And I think that that's super critical. Oh, absolutely. And folks, if, if you know, you want to find out if maybe if you work another year or maybe you can retire today, eh, the only way you're going to find out is to sit down with Eric. And why don't we invite folks to do just that? Yeah, if you're listening today and there's uh, a little bit of reasonable doubt with your current advisor or you really are looking for a second opinion, give us a call today. If you're serious about your finances, this is a great opportunity for you. And what this will consist of is we're going to run all the reports for you. We're going to run a fee report, a tax analysis, maybe even a volatility analysis. Let's get you reacquainted with that portfolio. Let's take the plan and see where it takes you. Let's see where it leads you. And again, this plan goes through stem to stern of your current portfolio. You'll more than likely know more about your portfolio than ever before. If you're interested in your very own retirement income plan, we'll show you proven strategies and techniques to turbocharge your retirement income. In short, we're going to take all the guesswork out of financial planning. So give us a call today, 1-800-779-1942. Starts with that phone call, 800-779-1942. And you're going to get that comprehensive financial review that Eric just described, all the extras that go along with it. And then when you walk out, you'll have that roadmap we talk about that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-779-1942. Again, 800 800- 779-1942. Next up on WealthWorks Radio, my favorite part, questions from you and answers from me. Hey, we're back on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric, uh, uh, president of Retirement Wealth. Uh, you got offices pretty much everywhere, Bonita Springs, Cape Coral, Punta Gorda, Sarasota. You're just, you are a busy, busy guy. And I just read Sarasota is uh, considered the best place to retire in America next year. 
Yeah, so Sarasota is number one and Fort Myers is number two. And I'll tell you, um, the, the funny thing about Sarasota is there's a lot of culture up there. Uh, they have the Ringling Brothers. Uh, that was kind of their hideaway in the winter. Mm -hmm. And so the whole family kind of took over that city a long time ago. But it's very interesting because they have a lot of museums. They also have a lot of art classes that they still sponsor. So uh, the Ringling Brothers still has a huge presence in Sarasota, which is a pretty big deal. They have a lot of great beaches, a lot of great restaurants. Um, Sarasota's uh, fantastic. And then you have Fort Myers. I mean, any, everything from Fort Myers all the way down to Naples and everything in between is also fantastic. I mean, you have a lot of, uh, again, uh, great beaches, good shopping. It's just, you know, the thing about living down here in Southwest Florida is it's a very easy way of life. And so um, that's kind of what I like about it. I mean, like I said, every day I feel like I'm on vacation. Um, we go out there, we work super hard for our clients, but at the same time, you know, I feel like I'm on vacation. So it's just, uh, it's an absolutely incredible life. Well, it's just, I mean, you know that every day it's not, I mean, you know, you're going to get maybe one or two cold days and cold on your standards, certainly not, not on most people's, yeah, right? hoodie day. Yeah. yeah, hoodie day. There you go. Folks, Let's jump into some of these questions, Eric. Um, and uh, all right, Jimmy is first. He's in Naples. Uh, he says, I'm 52. I'm, t I'm tired of both the rat race and the workplace politics with the virus. I hear you, Jimmy. I hear <laughs> yeah, it feels even worse. I've saved about 800000 in trading, 800000 in my 401k, 300000 in a house. I also have six months' worth of emergency funds. I don't have any debt. I'm not married. I have no real family. And no one in my family has lived past 80. Can I just retire now? <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. So, <laughs> but at 52, know, that's a big decision. It's a huge decision. And, and here, here you go. So, I mean, the thing is, is that you've got 1.6. You know, you still need to accumulate. you got to keep up with the rate of inflation. Um, you know, I mean, no one in my family has lived past 80. You say that, um, you know, there's a good chance that you will. I mean, uh uh, the, the bottom line is, is that you really have to take a look at and run an income plan because like I said, I mean, 1.6 million is a lot of money. And here's what I'll tell somebody. 1.6 million is a lot of money if you were 62. Uh, 1.6 million isn't very much money when you're 52. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I got 1.6, I got 1.7. Well, if it doesn't match your lifestyle, if it's not going to keep up with the rate of inflation, if your growth is terrible, what good is it? You will actually safely lose money. So while it is a lot of money, you have to really sit down and go through a full financial plan to understand where you are. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, we can all agree that a million dollars isn't what a million dollars was 15 years ago. Right. And so the thing is, is that really, you know, you, if you truly do have another 28 years left on this life, uh, left on this earth rather, then you really have to figure out if that's going to be, you know, worthwhile or not. And, um, like I said, I, I can't make any guesses. I don't understand, you know, your lifestyle, but like I said, I would get a full financial plan done for sure. Sure. And again, like you said, uh, he says no one in his family has lived past 80. I mean, all bets are off on that on longevity these days. Well, and here's the other thing, Steve is, you know, there's a lot of people that ask me these questions, you know, whether I'm on, on an airplane or whatever, but the bottom line is, is that, you know, there's a lot of people who do not want to invest the time to have a financial plan built. And that's really the biggest thing that's lacking from this. Like people are focused on rate of return or performance or asset allocation, but they're not focusing on, Hey, where's my paycheck going to come from? And that kind of blows me away because again, like, you know, if you really want to have a purposeful direction, that's what the financial plan is going to show you. You know, again, purpose determines placement. We have to understand your purpose in order to determine the placement of your investments. And, you know, when people come in, they're like, okay, can you explain that to me one more time? And you'll say it. And sometimes you'll see where the people still don't get it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'll say purpose determines placement. And then they're like, Oh, I really get that now, right? Now it makes and, sense. Yeah, now it makes sense. So when you go into a bank or advisor or a broker and they're, they're just looking to sell you products or tools or investments, they're not determining the actual purpose of your money. And so, Jimmy, I would suggest that, you know, you go in, you actually sit down with someone and that you actually figure out your purpose, your time frames, and making sure that that money is going to fit those. All right. Uh, Jimmy, give us a call. 800-779-1942. That's a great first step to take. Let's go to Louise in Cape Coral. She says... 
I am the named beneficiary for my brother's annuity slash 401k. Now, he died back in February. His union said, I have to roll it over into an inherited IRA. I'm told the law changed in December of 2019. I should put it into a beneficiary IRA. What's the best way to take the payouts? Yeah, all the, everything changed in, in December. Well, January, when the, uh, when the not the CARES Act, but the um, SECURE Act went into play. Right. So correct. It is now a beneficiary IRA. And that's hard for me even to change because I've been used to it for, you know, almost 20 years now calling it an inherited IRA. So now it's like I've been corrected by people and they're like, <laughs> it's a beneficiary IRA. I'm like, OK, sorry. Like, you know, I kind of get the drift. Um, but anyways, what is the best way to take the payouts? Well, it depends. I mean, remember that your brother left you a gift. He left you an asset. It is now up to you to manage that uh, the best way that is for your intentions. And so maybe you don't need the money now. Maybe you're going to need it down the road. Again, that lifestyle income plan is going to show you where, where and when you need payouts from and why. And so the best way to do is to, to really sit down and get a lifestyle income plan because I'm sure that you also have personal assets of your own. And so you want to see how this plays a role with that as well. Sure. Well, again, yeah, there are lots of lots of questions. On, and uh, so, Louise, I would suggest just give Eric a call, 800-779-1942. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Patrick's in Punta Gorda. Um, and he says, my wife has been retired from the workforce for about eight years now, and the two of us have about $750,000 in assets and no debt. I'm 63, she's 62. Our combined Social Security benefits today would more than be more than adequate to sustain our current lifestyle. Is there any point in waiting an additional three years to retire at full retirement age if I can comfortably live off my Social Security benefits now? Okay, so this is a really good question. So there are some people out there who truly can live off of their Social Security benefits now. The bottom line is, is that we've read enough studies and enough reports that have done been done over time, and you are almost guaranteed to eventually have an income gap if you're only collecting Social Security. So even though next year um, in 2021, you get a cost of living adjustment of 1.3% in your Social Security, um, inflation could possibly be at 3%. So Social Security is not going to exactly keep up with inflation, certainly not going to keep up with medical inflation. And so that's a big thing that we take a look at as well. So the bottom line is, is that even though that you're only living off of your uh, IRA or your social security money, you still have to tend to that IRA money because you may need a new roof. You may want to do a kitchen remodel. You may want to do a bathroom remodel. Uh, you may need a new air conditioner. Also, you're going to have healthcare and medical costs down the road. So again, you want to make sure that you're actually tending to that $750,000 in assets and making sure that that's actually keeping up with taxes and inflation over time because they're almost almost guaranteed there will become a time where you will need that that money. And the last thing I'll say is there's also a lot of people out there who have pension money who kind of disregard and put their old 401ks on the back burner because they're living off of their pensions and their 401ks. You always have to make sure that you're maintaining that 401k in the background because that might be money that you absolutely need someday and you want to make sure that it's there for you. Ooh, I like the sound of that. 800-779-1942. Always good to be prepared, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right, we got time for one more quick one. Let's go to uh, Michael in Port Charlotte. He says, I'm 66 and own my own company. I have $300,000 balance in my SEP IRA. I'd like to retire in two years. What steps should I be taking now to make sure I'm getting the most out of it and not get kicked in taxes? Yeah, so here's the issue. Um, you're 66 years old and you'd like to retire in two years. So basically now we have to hyper-focus on a tax planning strategy over the next two years. The crazy thing is, is that there's a lot of people out there who 10 and 15 years ago, their advisors should have introduced tax planning to them. So 
if you're a self-employed person, whether it be your CPA, your financial advisor, or someone, someone should have been talking to you about that a long time ago. I said earlier in the show that there's a lot of times where the small things that you do now become major things down the road. It's those small tax planning things that you do now. Maybe it's only three grand or four grand into a Roth IRA, but you do that for 10, 15, 20 years, and that adds up to a substantial sum of tax-free income. So being 66 years old, you have $300,000 in the SEP IRA and you want to retire in two years. I would also take a look and see in the business um, if you're going to sell the business, how taxable that situation is going to be. Um, I take a look at the SEP IRA and also, you know, see if you can fund a Roth IRA. And I know that you're going to retire in two years, but it's possible that you could retire or, or have enough uh um, of uh, income earnings to kick into that Roth IRA for three years. So it'd be this year, next year, then possibly the following year um, if you have enough earned income in that year. So again, I would sit down with someone and if you're ready to retire in two years, I would get cracking and I would really get a financial plan done and a lifestyle income plan done. Well, folks, again, here's the thing. If, if you want to find out if you are ready to retire or you want to help, you want some help getting ready to retire, let's go ahead and give Eric a call, get on the calendar and start that process. Sounds good, Steve. Yeah, give us a call today. This is your last chance. Give us a call if you've never had that financial plan written. If you're close to retirement or you're after retirement and you really just have some questions, give us a call today. We're going to run all the reports for you. We're going to run the fee report, the Morningstar reports, a tax analysis, maybe even a volatility analysis. Let's see where that plan takes you. Let's see where that plan leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your portfolio and again, without any obligation. If you're interested in your very own income plan, we'll show you proven strategies and techniques to turbocharge your retirement income. In short, we're going to take all the guesswork out of financial planning. So again, no obligation, fully complimentary. Give us a call today. 800-779-1942. The next five callers get that comprehensive financial review. You see where you are today, yes, but most importantly, you end up with that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-779-1942. Again, 800-779-1942. Eric, as always, one of my favorite hours of the week is right here because it's always fun and it's always interesting. Steve, thank you so much. Hey, everybody out there. Have a great week and an even better retirement. Eric Kearney is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Retirement Wealth, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this station are not affiliated. Exposures to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the field of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance licensed in the state of Florida. Insurance license number P138852. WealthGuard is a complete portfolio monitoring system designed by determining the amounts of downside risk a client is willing to tolerate. WealthGuard is added to a client's accounts to protect them from the downside risk. WealthGuard is not a stop-loss strategy. When the account value in the portfolio hits the targeted downside value, an alert is sent to the client, advisor, and money manager. There is no guarantee the exact WealthGuard value will be captured or the assets will be traded. Liquidated the same day the wealth card value is reached due to the time of date or market restrictions. 